All right, episode three, the long-awaited episode. If you're a 2CW fan, you might have run into uh, my next guest. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. I think they have a preconceived notion that I'm going to either make fun or have fun with my next guest. And they couldn't be more wrong. Um, I speak to him more than any other 2CW wrestling fan that I ever interacted with in all of my career in wrestling. Um, I speak to him almost every other day. Uh, um, and I think people are going to be very interested in his story. And then, of course, we got a Tales from the Call Center in there. It's about porn. You know, what else would it be? Yeah, let's get right to it. All right, episode three. This is the most anticipated episode (laughs) of the series. Um, It's it's crazy how people have actually responded, and and I love that about it. Um, First, I want to tell the story. But first, there's a big disclaimer, because I think a lot of people who know about my guest um, and know how we know each other, I think that they're looking for a different kind of interview. I don't think they're going to take away what they thought they were going to take away. It's going to be a complete surprise. And I also want to say where and how I met uh, our guest. Um, He is a wrestling fan. I've known him nine and a half years, I guess. Uh, He used to come to our Watertown shows. And he would dress like his favorite bad guy heel uh, faction or group, uh, Aces and Eights. And he quickly got the name, the Aces and Eights guy. Um, I don't usually, I usually keep a professional line between fans. I don't usually become friends with fans. And this is one of the most unlikeliest friendships um, ever, because that's the only way I know him as a fan. But he did not know until recently that he's the only fan that I speak to basically regularly. I mean, we talk three times a week, most times, you know, every day, sometimes. Um, He's one of the only fans that I do that with. And here's why. From the first time I've ever interacted with him, he was respectful. Second, he never asked me for anything. Wrestling fans always want something. They want backstage. They want an autograph. They want to be part of the back. They want to be part of it. Not him. Not him. And he's never, you know, ever been anything but courteous and respectful. And we talk about all sorts of weird things. But... I've learned a lot about him in this time frame. And here's the three things that where most people would dismiss him and not believe him or would just think some of the stuff is he says is kind of off the wall. I had intense conversations with this guy about it. And uh, I don't know what I believe. I don't know what I believe. But here's what I know. I like the guy. He's a good guy. And he has three things that I tell people every time I tell his story. I say there's three things about this guy. One, he really likes bad guys. I mean, he really, to the point where he puts it as a title and an honor that he's a bad guy. Um, And he makes, and he has had over 600 walks. Some of them are over 50 miles just one way, I imagine. We're going to get into that. Uh, But the most important thing I always say to them, he has a spiritual connection to volcanoes. And everybody, every single time when I drop that line on them, they don't know how to respond. And I tell him, yeah, man, that, that's, that's my friend. He is the aces and eights guy. What's up, buddy? What's up? How you doing? 
Doing good. This is the first time we've ever spoke on the phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start at the beginning, I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about the walks. First of all, tell people where you're from, how old you are, who you are. I w- I'm from Watertown, New York. I walk all over Jefferson and Lewis County. I, I have nailed like every township, every village, numerous hamlets here and there, even Lake Bonaparte, Whetstone Gulf, Westgate Beach. H and Whitaker Park has added bonuses. Even if I'm out of state visiting a relative, I'll still do places in their area. Overall, I have done 60, 86 places, five counties, four states, 684 times altogether. What's the longest walk one way? The longest I ever did was Watertown to West Leiden, which is a 49-mile walk, just one way. Holy crap. How long did it take you? For a walk that should have taken me 17 hours, I pulled it off in 14. Wow. So, do you pick a destination? Do you, or or, or do you just wake up that day and say, okay, I'm going to go here? Do you have like a plan? How's it, how, did, how does a walk come to be? Well, sometimes I plan them out. Other times, times I just have one of those days I'm like, you know what? Hell with it. I'm going to walk to this place. And, and the place I go to the most ever since leaving Watertown is Deer River. And I have a little spot during the summertime there that I go swimming at and there's a store there I always go shopping at. So, oh, before then, when I lived in Watertown, Carthage was always the place I went to because of the long history I have there. Right. right. So, I mean, when I drive around randomly in, in upstate New York, beautiful areas, I mean, I see cool stuff just driving around. So, I know you see cool stuff all the time. I'm fa- I'm fascinated by it. So, like... Do you bring like food for the day with you? Pack a backpack? I mean, do I do? Yeah. What about music? I have some music. I usually, I have an iPhone. I have a bunch of songs on there. I just plug in my headphones, listen to different songs along the way. Wow. So, yeah, but that's a lot of music. I mean, to, to fill up a lot of time there. And do, do you ever do it by yourself? It's all, Do you ever do it by yourself? It's always by yourself, right? You know, do you ever have yeah, company? Yeah, I don't ever really have anybody tag along with me. Well, yeah. Because I don't, yeah, that's a long don't want somebody slowing me down. Well, that too. I mean that too. But I'm like, not many people would be able to keep up with you. You know what I'm no. saying? Yeah. Most I put on my feet in a day is 51 miles. Wow. Wow. Now you don't drive, right? Do you have a bicycle? Nope. No, nope. everything's walking, right? Yep. Gotcha. It's like when when did the? I mean, I don't have a car either. I mean, so I I get it. I walked you know five miles a day to to go to school and and was stuff a few years back. So I get it. Like it, it's a good thing that I'm mean, keeps you in good shape. You must be in really good shape. I mean, I know you don't smoke and you don't do drugs and you don't drink alcohol and stuff. Nope. So, I mean, 
Wow. I mean, you must be in really good shape. I mean, everybody knows she was the guy walking around Watertown when you used to live there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, at least he's walking. You know, you don't see him like, you know, you know, taking the bus or whatever. I mean, he's still walking. When did the whole, I'm going to start walking 20, 30 miles. When did that start? How old were you when you started doing that? When I did walks like that for a long time, like, I used to just walk around Watertown from like 2008 to 2011, just every day. I did at least one walk to Adams, one walk to Burville in 2010, and then one walk to Black River in 2010. But April 22nd, 2011 is when it really got fully started. I was up near where Infinite Lives used to be in Watertown. I was doing my daily run that I used to do. And... When I got up there, I said to myself, you know what, the hell with this. I'm going to walk to Carthage. And I did. Do you still run? Yeah. You I just did it just for the heck of it. Right. But do you still run, Kev? I do at times. Like, when I'm in a hurry to get to a place, sometimes I'll run there and hmm. all while, while on foot and all. So... I'm like, I'm like, this dude's walking a million miles and, and running like that. And man, all I could think is, I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> man, I got to start walking more, man. Holy cow, you must be in great shape. Yeah, but, like yeah. Fort Drum soldiers, MPs have told me they work out a lot. The sergeant generals may work out a lot, but they don't do anything like what I do. No, man, nobody. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people, dude, you know, and nobody I know. That's one of the most fascinating things about you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not, that's just something you really are into. You, you want to go do it and you do it. You know, and it's one of those things like when I tell people that you walk this. So we throw names around. If people don't know how far away that is, I mean, if you drove in a car from Watertown to walk Carthage, that would take a while. I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not a close walk. And you've done 600 of them. You know, the fact that you keep track of them, um, you take pictures. I see your pictures all the time. Um, yeah, and, and and it's it's just a cool thing because it makes you unique. It, it definitely makes you unique. And I've never oh, heard. Yeah. I don't know anybody who walks like I know. I, I know people run. I know people walk. But and I walk a lot. But it's very short distance stuff. Nothing like what you're doing. And I would. I I mean, even when I go on a bike trip by myself, I'm. I still have music, and I'm and I'm still kind kind of communicating with other people. And I would have people come with me. Doing it alone is, is cool. Is it is it a, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to. Is it a spiritual thing for you? Like when you take these walks, or, or what are you getting out of it? Tell me, tell me why. Tell me what it is that you get out of it. Well, it gets me away from being bored all the time. I'm not the type to really sit around, play video games, watch TV all day, really. I've always, especially since... Not too many video games let you play the good, the villain in them or let you choose sides. So, and I'm the bad guy type, like with the exception of Mowgli. He's the only good guy I like. That's how I earned the nickname, the evil Mowgli. And that's basically one of the reasons I started these walks. So, so, so perfect segue, bro. Perfect segue. Let's go into that. Let's go into that. Now, you, everybody uh, that knows you in wrestling 
knows you as the aces and eights guy, and they know yeah. that you are not that you don't like any of the good guys. You actually okay. have the factions of bad rest, bad guy wrestling factions tattooed on you. Um, Thirty, right? Quite a few. I've got Honor No More, Aces and Eights, Nexus, The Authority, Legacy. I got a whole bunch of them. All right, so you got the ta- no tap no good guy tattoo, obviously, right? <laughs> right. With the exception of Mowgli, really no good guys whatsoever. How did that start? Where did that come from? Well, the thing is, I started my path as a villains fan when I was two. Started with Scar. Okay. He was the villain that started my path as a villains fan. Yeah, Lion King. Yep. Okay. Like, and I continued on being with the villains because they had the more interesting backgrounds. They brought the excitement and the adrenaline to the show. The only reason I singled Mowgli out of all the good guys is because of his background and everything. And unlike the other two jungle boys, he hangs out with animals that are carnivores. The other two don't. Oh, they hang out with more herbivores, and carnivores are more villain-like than herbivores are. Mm. So that's why I singled Mowgli out and made him the only good guy that I ever liked. So as years went on i continued to be a villains fan more and more so when i got into professional wrestling and everything i decided to just do what i do best and i went heel okay so that statement okay that so it's i want to make this very clear because because i want people to understand uh you're not you weren't in a wrestling business you were not a wrestler or anything like that you're just a fan so, so, yeah. so it sounded like it, it, that's a statement that somebody in wrestling would say, you know what I'm saying? That's all oh, well, I trained and I became a wrestler. So I'm, I'm a bad guy. Uh, cause you know, they want their character to be a heel. So you, you love the bad guys in everything though. You love the bad guys in the, the Disney movies. You love the bad guys in comic books. You like the bad guy in any movie, in any situation, I would imagine you love yeah, the bad guys. anything fiction or storyline. I'm the villains type of person. So, so you come to you come to two CW. Um, I got to be honest with you because I meet a lot of fans. I don't remember when we met. You know, I just remember that you were the aces and eights kid. Um, you and you were just a nice kid. You're always really nice to me. You were young yep. uh, then. You were younger, obviously. That was like nine, ten, nine and a half years ago. But yep. um, after, I don't know exactly when the encounter happened. I remember it happening. But I think it was the the November 2013 wow. moment, especially when I got photo bombed in that photo with you. Correct, correct, which was phenomenal. That was in that little uh, the little place in Watertown, the fairgrounds place. Yeah, yeah, yep, that was that. When did so that so you got photo bombed and it was great because you had the mask on and it was just like the greatest thing ever. Um, yeah, it really was. It really was. It was a great picture. Uh, that I think that's when we actually started like talking a little bit more than than because, like I said in the very beginning, and you didn't know that until recently. I don't usually talk to fans. I usually keep that thing, and then there's always that big barrier there. But like I said, you never really. You were always a nice guy. You were very polite, and you know, I just never had had a reason to to you know not talk to you. And then after the photo bomb, that just cracked me up because it was just it was just a perfect timing thing. You looked uh, 
I mean, you couldn't make a better, you couldn't make a picture that good. It was so good. But then, or somewhere, when did this happen? Uh, there was a guy named uh, Kevin Steen. His name was at the time. Um, everybody knows him now, Kevin Owens. He gave yep. you he gave you a a dubious title, or and uh, I I had some part in that too as well. Tell that story. Like he and I first met at a July two CW event in the Ice Arena, July twenty thirteen. We got talking about aces and eights as well as other heel factions that have gone on. So he brought up some old school ones. Ones from like WWF time and everything, Nation of Domination, DOA, Truth Commission, and them. Wow! And he was like, "If you, you're as much of a heel fan as you are, you ought to check, go online and look, watch these guys." And I did, and I even saw some others like the Corporation, the Radicals, Evolution, and. Then at the 2CW event in November, that's when I first appeared on his little little YouTube video series called Kevin Steen's Weekend Excavate. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I did not know this. Say what now? So you were on his, he was like doing his little blog, vlog or whatever on YouTube. Yeah, I remember that when he was on the Indies. So he, what did he do? He was just talking to you? How did you yeah, appear he basically here? had me, because it was a cold, rainy day, I wore all five of my Aces and Eights t-shirts at once, okay. and he had me show them all off on his video. No kidding. Dude, yeah. I didn't even know that. That's hilarious. And he called me the most dedicated Aces and Eights man ever. And then, and then it was at the April 2014 event that was in the Ice Arena. That was when you started sharing with me, and I got another part in his video, this time showing off other different heel factions and everything, and also showing off some other heel wrestler merchandise that I owned. And there were people that worked for the company. One of them actually drove up to me. He took a picture of me, decided to do that to, to let everybody know I was in the area. <laughs> awesome awesome yeah i remember it was like it was it was it was like a thing i mean it was kind of you know everybody knew especially the watertown people because you know, we didn't we came to watertown you know a lot but uh some people went to all the shows you didn't go to all the shows because you know obviously you're not walking to syracuse or anything like that but no so you were just a watertown guy so I mean, but Watertown was a big market for us. So we had a lot of people there. Uh, yeah. Everybody remembered two people. They remembered you, and they remembered the guy who would show up at one o'clock in the afternoon with his little uh, scooter or whatever, his walker guy yeah. or scooter guy. That dude would show up at one o'clock in the afternoon. The show wouldn't be till eight, uh, and he got a free ticket because he was a retired veteran. But um, yeah, yeah, no, he was annoying though. He was annoying half the time, you know. It's like, and and that's the other thing too. Like a lot of fans are annoying, and uh, and when you get to the show, they want things from you and all that other stuff. Like you've never done yeah. that. You've never done that with me, man. And no, and you probably would have got more than most other fans would have gotten out of me because you didn't ask. But no, like I never asked to be famous or anything. I never or asked 
never wanted to have like the spotlight. They were just given to me randomly because of my devotion to all the heel wrestlers and stables, especially the aces and eights. Right. And the fact, like normally I've kept to myself and leave it like that. And it just happened. Like it's, it's kind of like what happened with my walks. I just never anticipated them going so big. But after the first time I walked from Watertown to Port Leiden and my reputation just flew out there, like everybody started noticing me. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's I mean, everybody has their thing, dude. You know, everybody has their thing. And some people have more things, you know, like me. I've done many things. I'm, I'm known for pro wrestling. I'm done for magic, whatever, you know. So everybody has their thing. And, that, and that's, the, that's the story of this podcast. I mean, that's the whole premise of it. It's like I've met so many people who have so many fascinating things that they do or have done or, you know, and some of them are inspirational and some of them are this and that. And some of them are just like unique stories about people that I know. You know, and you're one of those guys. I mean, you're definitely one of those guys. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first met you and you started talking about like, you know, you got, you know, about volcanoes and this other stuff like that. I was like, okay, it's kind of weird, you know, but, but I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I got an open mind enough to be able to try to talk about it and see if you can change my mind. And uh, I'll never forget this one night, man. It was the night that I actually started asking you questions. Um, um, is there anything else you want to talk about the heel thing before I transition into the volcano stories? Well, basically, like I said, pretty much got out there how deep this whole thing really runs. It's not just when it not just in pro wrestling where I'm the heel villain type of person. It's basically anything fictioned or storylined. Right. Like the consummate heel is just another portion of my evil Mowgli nickname that I got because of Mowgli being the only good guy. And other than him, I go, I'm a complete villains fan because that nickname's a combination of him, not just all the villains I grew up liking, but all the heel wrestlers and stables that I like too. Right. All of them mixed in one. That's so, what the nickname so is. So I'm going to fire, I'm going to fire a character type thing. You tell me who your favorite one is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so favorite villain, like, movie? Tough to say. I've liked so many. Like, Scar, Voldemort, Art, Cypher. So many of these villains have... Comic books. Like, comic books, tough to say. Probably Slade, a.k.a. Deathstroke. Okay. And maybe even the Shredder as well. Shredder from Teenage? Yep. All right. There you go. Um, What about cartoons? Cartoons, pretty much like Xana, Aku, and it's tough to say who else I enjoyed. What about plays? Do you you ever see plays with, um, like... I've never seen plays. Okay. Lion King, you would love Lion King, dude. You would love yeah. Lion King. Yeah, because Scar's in it. You know what I mean? You would oh, love yeah, Lion that's King. where my path as a villain's fan started. I swear if Lion King comes to to, to your area, I'm going to take you. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God I'm going to do that because you should, you should experience a play at least once in your life. 
And yeah, uh, yeah we got to make that happen, buddy. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I like the bad guys too. Like when I, when I first, I'm a lot older than you, but when I first liked wrestling, I realized that the bad guys were cooler. You know what I mean? So I, mm-hmm. I was just a pro wrestling guy only. I liked, I didn't transfer over, you know, to other like stuff. I like good guys and bad guys, but I, I always liked in wrestling. It was always the bad guys. Yeah, I I, t- I told you once you were the consummate heel fan, and uh, you took that shit to heart. <laughs> yeah, you, you wear that with a badge of honor. I have had people tell me. Um, I've oh, had yeah. I've had over five people in you know ten years that I've known you tell me, oh yeah, that kid's you know he he talks about you because I know that you talk you tell them you know and you tell them that I gave you that and Kevin Steen gave you that. So yeah. and, and you know we're friends. Like we talk. All oh the yeah, time. we talk. And you're friends. one of the very few people from Two CW that actually really know how deep my whole villain slash heel. Oh, dude, I know, I know everything about you. I know you, you got a cat. I know everything about you, man. Because like, yeah, you you also are one of the few that know how deep this whole villain fan stature really runs with me. Oh, I know you take it very seriously. I mean, it's a, it it. it I mean, most people would be like, wow, man, that's a little excessive. And I'm like, hey, man, if it makes him happy, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's another one of those beautiful things. Like most people would look at it one way and some people look at it another way, man. And yeah. it's like, I, I, it's if, it, if you want to like bad guys, cool, man. I mean, you, you could be doing worse things. You could be a bad guy. You could be out there hurting people. You could be stealing. You could be robbing. I don't think you yeah. got. I, I don't think you got any of that in you. I mean, you're an honest no. guy. That's one thing you are. Is you're an honest guy. Um, oh yeah. You're an honest guy. I've never. I've. I'm pretty good at judging people, especially people I talk to on, on a, a lot. I yeah. never get a sense from you that you would hurt anybody ever. If anything, you would probably do more for them to help them. I mean, I mean, yeah. that's it's you. You got a great. You got a good heart, man. You got a solid good heart. Um, and, and that's weird because you're, you, you're like bad guys, <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? but it also makes sense because most of the bad guys in wrestling aren't really bad guys. They're, they're good guys. They just like that bad guy thing, you know? Oh yeah. And that's good. And that's cool, man. You know, the most fascinating thing that I ever, I mean, I, when I, this, and I always tell people this, I drop it in that one line. I said, I have a friend who has a spiritual connection to volcanoes. And and then, of course, everybody gives me that weird look, like, what are you talking about? And I'll, and I'll never forget the night, because a lot of times, um, there was a lot of times when I worked at, a, at the call center, when I first started working at the call center, you, would, you hit me up randomly, you know what I mean? Sometimes I answer you, sometimes five days later, whatever, you know. So you would hit, you just hit me up at the right time. We were so slow at my job, and I was so bored, you know. Um, and I was like, "This I'm going to ask him about this volcano stuff because we never talked about it. You just told me about it or whatever, you know." Mm-hmm. So I started talking to you about it, and then my coworkers, I'm telling them, I'm like, "Guys, I'm talking to my friend who's got a spiritual connection to to this," and they're like, "What?" And I'm telling them what I'm saying, and I'm telling what you're saying back, and they started asking questions, and I would ask you and. I got a really open mind, and then I'm like, so to me, at the end of the conversation, man, I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe he does, because a lot of people would dismiss that, and they would say, well, that's just crazy, and I, you know, and I did in the beginning, 
So I want to, I want to, I want you to tell that story. I want you to tell me when you discovered that you were somehow connected to volcanoes. What just the how you are, everything about that, everything about that. Tell me how that started. Well, pretty much started throughout my life. I've always sensed something with me and volcanoes, and it started when I was three. I just opened up one of my grandparents' encyclopedias and in the Visa book, and I saw volcanoes, especially Mount Vesuvius out of all of them. And there was just something that clicked in me, like, okay, this is something that I really belong with. And then after I graduated high school, basically every year, on the anniversary of Mount Vesuvius's most famous eruption, I would have different lucky moments happen. Like, it was all just random things. Like, one of my luckiest moments happened on the 1932nd anniversary during my sixth walk from Watertown to Carthage, and I found a $50 bill just lying on the side of the road in the grass while on my walk. And then... Another year, when I'm up in Maine visiting my grandparents, I found this volcanic iron rock that was shaped a bit like the state of California. Even one year on that day, I even come across a good condition beach chair just lying on the side of the road. Oh, no house in sight. With, And it was just in good condition, like... Like somebody had just lost it out of a truck, basically. And then I carried that beach chair for 14 miles. And I would have lucky moments like these every year on the anniversary of that particular eruption of the volcano. And my body kind of has a sixth scent that tells me if a volcano is erupting somewhere. And for some odd reason... I've never figured this out, but for some odd reason, the stronger the connection is to Mount Vesuvius, the stronger I pick up on it. Where is Mount Vesuvius? Forgive my ignorance, buddy. Mount Vesuvius is located in the Campania region of Italy, south of Naples. Okay. Why? Why that one? Why are you connected to that one? Specifically, you said you didn't know. I think, but I, I mean, why do you feel? Do you have a Do you have a theory? I don't know. Like, it seems like, like it's because every time, whenever I've been interested in other things, like reading about other natural disasters or ships that I read about when I was keeping my history with my thing for volcanoes a secret, I would have somehow, some way, the main one that I would read about would somehow get somewhere connected along the lines with Mount Vesuvius by a date of a previous eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Like, Like, for example, when I read about tornadoes my main one tri-state tornado well that happened march 18th 1925 the last eruption of mount vesuvius was march 18th 1944 
like when I went, read about warships with my father, one ship I read about was the Bismarck. It was commissioned August 24th, 1940. August 24th is the day of Mount Vesuvius' 8079 eruption, which is also the day in 1992 Hurricane Andrew made landfall south of Miami. Okay. So... You, like you said, you, you you knew it as a young child. You knew it as a young kid. And I heard you say you kept it a secret. So I never even, I don't remember that part of it. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I imagine you would kind of keep it a secret because it's kind of an odd thing. You know what I mean? And, and most people yeah. wouldn't say it out loud. When's the first time you told somebody? Who did you tell? But the first time I ever mentioned my thing for Mount Vesuvius and all and volcanoes was sometime just after the 2004 tsunami happened right after I got back from school back to school from Christmas break right and so how many volcanoes are in the world there is like like pretty much more than 2,400 volcanoes just about. 2,400, wow. How many do we have in the United States? United States, like 160. That even counts the ones in Alaska and Hawaii. I see most people would not know that. You know, and that's not something most anybody would know. So, like, so anywhere in the world... If a, if a volcano erupts right now, you know this. You feel it. I kind of feel it like sometimes I feel like something something inside me telling me that there's a volcano erupting somewhere. And like everybody like seems to have like a special gift for something. It seems like I have a special gift for knowing if a volcano is erupting. And some volcanoes have been so active, I always have had get that gut feeling that it's going to erupt again the following year. Here, and you, 95% of the times I'm dead on accurate that it does erupt sometime that year. Like when Mount Cinnabon was going out of control with its eruption after waking up for a 400-year slumber, almost every year I pretty much said to myself I got this gut feeling Mount Cinnabon is going to erupt again next year and sure enough I was right Kev hold on one second so so you so you know when you like when volcanoes happen but you're sometimes you just don't know where or which volcano but you just have the sense yeah like some volcanoes haven't hit my radar too much lately because they've been quiet for so long, even before I was even born. But some of them have already made an impact before I was even born. Right. And, like, when it comes to to some volcanoes, I've noticed sometimes my connection grows deep with them that it seems like I even sometimes get a gut feeling that something's going on, not an eruption, but something else is going on at one of them. Like the super volcano Lake Toba in Indonesia, 
when the ferry disaster that happened there in 2018 happened. Something inside me was telling me something going on at another volcano and it just, it's not an eruption, but something else. When I looked online, sure enough, I was right. Right. There was a ferry that went down in the largest volcanic lake on the planet. Wow. Wow. Have you ever seen one? Have you ever been to a real one? No, I have never been to one. Wow. I'd like to go. The two volcanoes that are at the top of my bucket list are Mount Vesuvius and Mount Tambora. Right. Uh, and Tambora is another big one who I kind of get involved with with a lot. Like, if I'm not involved with Vesuvius, it's off but another volcano, it's usually Mount Tambora. So, usually when you get a gift like this, or any gift, the more you accept it and learn how to use it and practice and you grow, it becomes more second nature, like a reflex to you. Um, As you got older, right, you became, like I would imagine, you became more connected. Um, When was the first, like, when was the first time you decided, or you didn't decide, but when's the first time you you knew that that you it was a gift? It wasn't just some, you know, this is kind of strange thing. Like, I think the first time I noticed it was when Ijaf Jalajo call went off in 2010. The volcano in Iceland that disrupted airplane flights to and from Europe for a few weeks. And plus... The fact that uh, basically, and also that volcano kind of got a little bit of some payback for me because there was a guy who was stationed in Europe at the time. He was my now former stepfather who I never really liked. I could, I never got along with the guy. He was just, ugh. And he had a chance to go home for four weeks before he had to go back to where he was stationed. And then he got, but he couldn't go back because just before his vacation started, three of the four weeks he could have gone home, he got stuck stuck where he was stationed. (laughs) And and, and that was because because of the volcano, right? Because of something that... Yeah, the volcano... Some of my one of my friends made a joke about it, given the fact that one of my nicknames is the King of Volcanoes. And they said, Vesuvius, did you pay your volcano to do your dirty work? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm I'm trying to come up with more questions. I mean, so so you have tattoos of places in the world um, with what I would imagine Vesuvius was probably the very first tattoo you ever got. Um, well, my very first tattoo was my NFL team. Okay. All right. And you have, like, you know, not just wrestling stuff and not just volcanoes. You have lots of stuff. You have tons of different stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, what, so you start... How many va- volcano tattoos do you have? I got 10 different volcanoes tattooed on me. What would you say, like, you know, people collect stuff when they're into stuff. So, like, what do you have as far as volcano... You know, merch, I guess, memorabilia, research, books, posters, pictures. What do you like, have? I've got 
basically the volcanoes themselves. I got at the four Italian volcanoes that that I know best, which are Mount Vesuvius, Mount Stromboli, Mount Etna, and Campi Flergi. The four Indonesian volcanoes I know best, which are Tambora, Toba, Krakatoa, and Cinnabung, as well as the Ethiopian volcano I know best, Erta Al, and the Iceland volcano that I know best, Ijaf Jalajo Kal. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I can't say any of that. I just remember any of that. <laughs> I remember a lot of their names. Oh, a I lot bet. of volcanoes' names. I, I bet, man. I bet. Like, I pretty much even know the names, memorized the names of all 17 decade volcanoes and where they are. So yeah, that I mean, so most people would just say that's a hobby, and I'm like, no, it goes deeper than that, man. I mean, he he knows it on another level, uh, um, and and that's the thing I find like, yeah, the walks are amazing. That's a crazy thing. I mean, that alone makes you unique from most people. But you know, like I said, I mean, people have their thing, and you said it. You said it perfectly too. You feel that everybody has you know certain gifts that they're they're given. And uh, you, I think the walking thing is, is good, too. Uh, that's another gift that you were given. But after talking to you that day and asking you all the questions, I'm like, every time I asked you a question, you had a solid answer. Every time you had it. I mean, just when I asked you right now, you had a solid answer. I mean, if you didn't know better, you know, most people would kind of, most people don't would never believe that, that you have any type of spiritual connection because they, they don't believe in God, they don't believe in this, they don't believe in a lot of people just don't believe in stuff, you know, and they dismiss it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you want people to know about you, man? Like, if they were, if, if, if there was, like, you passed away and they had to do a eulogy and somebody had to come up and say, hey, I knew this guy uh, and this is what he was about. What do, you, what do you want people to know about you? Basically, like with me, just for them to know that a lot of times looks can be deceiving and everything and where I'm not the kind of person that you would think that I would be just by my looks or what I do and all. Like, because a lot of people these days are just way too judgmental. They just like to judge people based on their looks or they just judge you because you do something they don't like and all. And that's, and then there are those who just like to try and dictate other people's lives like, they own you and everything which those are the kinds of people I really never get along with like me and controlling people unless I'm getting paid to deal with them we coexist about as good as ships and icebergs things yeah. just don't ever end good right 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 and that's one thing that's the one thing I like about you man you're honest you're straight up I know what I get with you you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you have no filter, man, which I like that. But you're right. People are yeah. judgmental. And most of the people, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I mean, most of the people judge you by the way you look and the way you act, you know, and, don't, you know, you're different. Yeah. Everybody yeah. judges something different that they can't understand. Yeah, and, and most, they can't. And most times they'll dismiss it. They'll say, yeah. oh, well, he's crazy or he's just too ugly or they're fat or whatever it is. They'll just dismiss it, you know, and yeah. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm bad for that, too. But I've always kind of felt like, you know, 
everybody gets a free chance, you know, and, every, and, and unless, yeah. they, unless they prove to be an asshole, then I'm going, I'm going to accept them for the way they are. Um, exactly. And I feel like that's why you trust me because I mean, I don't think you would, you know, I, I know that, you know, at no time was I ever going to bring you and talk to you and, and bring you on a, a, a national type of thing and put you on a podcast and make fun of you. Because you yeah. know, it, I would never, dude. And and if anybody oh. and if anybody did, because you're my friend, I would stand up for you because they just don't get it. Um, I don't know if you have a spiritual connection. I can't say if you do or not. Who am I to judge you anyway? You know. And and what difference yeah. does it make? Because not for nothing, you're you're a good, solid, honest kid. You ain't hurting nobody out there. You know. No. You, you work. You got jobs. You you do stuff. Um, you're more ambitious than most people I've met in my whole life. I know wrestling fans. Yeah. I know let wrestling fans will sit home and collect off the system and do nothing, and and, yeah. and and use other people for money. You're not that guy, man. You're not that guy. No, at all. like, uh, yeah. You got a cat. You got a cool cat. You take pictures of him and you bring him places and you do stuff with your cat. Um, yep. No, no wrestling fan and everybody at two CW would never see this side of you, I feel. No. And and I think your story should be told. I tell your story all the time. And I tell and yeah. I tell them. It's like, well, we don't hang out or nothing like that. But and another thing you probably didn't know and I want you to know this is like it was a couple years ago, I got put in the hospital for four days. Um yeah. and and like, you know, people people are busy during the day and stuff like that. But even when you were walking or whatever, man, you would respond to me and you didn't know I was in the hospital because I didn't tell you or nothing, but you would be the only guy who would be able you know, who would talk with me and stay with me through those nights. And I was like, you know, yeah. I was like, you know, this guy deserves some recognition. And, and if I ever do that podcast, you were the number two guy. I had two guys that were, I'm going to, I built the podcast around him and Richard was one of them. The first guest I had, and you were definitely number two. I was like, and I, th- and I knew when I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to interview the aces and eights guy. I knew people were going to go a different way with it. I knew they were going to be like, Oh my God, he's going to make fun of them or something. Cause that kid was kind of weird, blah, 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 blah. And I want them to know, like, that's not even close to the truth. That's not even close to the truth, man. Um, yeah. You're my buddy, dude. I mean, you're my buddy, and you and you were there when you know there was other people there too. But you were definitely there. You never asked me for a thing ever. Um, no. I remember the one time I was going to come out to Watertown, and I thought, like, wow, he would be kind of cool, you know, honored that I come out to visit and stop by. And you were like, I'm going on a walk. Bye. <laughs> I, was, I was this big time motherfucker over here, but. <laughs> Yeah, you picked up. <laughs> you August twenty fourth to come into town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah, was yeah. always ever since two thousand eleven. That has been a tradition for me to just go somewhere right. just for the heck of it. Right. I've kind of made that day a tradition to go somewhere. My other favorite thing this week is when you went to the character collector page to uh, tell me about myself. You're like, well, if KJ Parker's involved with the page, and I'm like, Kev, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh. I like this I guy. I didn't know who else was running it besides you. <laughs> like, this guy's trying to drop his name on me with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I'm pretty good at playing a little bit of some games. It was fun, man. It was funny. I've never, I've, uh, I've never had a bad time with you, my friend. You know what I mean? So I just, you know. I'm so glad you did my show. Uh, I feel that you are what this show was made about, man. Um, everybody's got a story. Sometimes they're, you know, they do crazy things and inspirational things, or they got a crazy job or whatever, man. You just got a yeah. unique story, man. And then, and, and I've always dug it. So yeah. anything, anything you want the world to know, uh, other than that, I'm gonna we're gonna end this, buddy. And I appreciate you yeah. doing it. Okay. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm.
It's another Tales from the Call Center. Yep, it's about porn, you know. You would be amazed at how much porn is uh, kind of involved in our job over there. And I want to say a couple of things, too, because I, I always feel bad for the female employees that work there because porn brings a different kind of uh, customer base. And sometimes they're kind of creepy. I mean, like, we have customers who literally call up and ask the female people to read the titles of uh porn titles or the or the describe what's on the channels or they will actually order movies so they know the porn titles and they call in and ask them to repeat what did i order i forgot um yeah it's very creepy it's very weird uh we have a guy who actually hangs up when he gets a mail on the line because he just wants to hear a female voice and he calls in so much that he actually got banned i think uh, yeah and porn's a weird thing i'm gonna tell you a story but uh one time i got a call and it was a young lady and she said right off the bat she said i know i'm gonna pay for it but i need to know the titles of those movies now on the bill it doesn't print the name of the titles it says premium movie so i pulled up her account you know made sure it was her next thing you know i'm reading off 17 titles that her husband must have ordered um and you know i'm trying to be professional but there's some wild titles as everybody knows in porn so and of course being me i've came across one where he ordered it twice and i said oh you must like that one she didn't laugh uh, she was not she was not amused at all but needless to say she found out something about her husband uh what genre of porn he likes i'm sure that was a surprise to her and then the last thing she said is, uh, well, the son of a bitch is going to catch a case when he gets home. And she hung up. And I realized this guy doesn't even know what's coming. He's going to come home and she's got all the titles, the bill in her hand, everything. And he's just coming home from a hard day's work. Oof, oof, yeah. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that we deal with. Uh, kind of on a weekly basis. Then way more. Always stay tuned for uh, more tales from the call center. Well, that's going to be it for episode three. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Always fun talking to the Aces and Aids guy. Um, he's always, always passionate about who he is, uh, who he believes he is. Who am I to judge him, you know? And yeah, porn, that, that lady, man, I didn't even take it in consideration for a second that he was going to have to pay the piper. I thought he already knew he was in trouble. Oh. Well, next week we're going to talk to Sheet Cake, uh, a.k.a. Jordan. Uh, Jordan's a friend of mine. I used to work with him uh, a few years back. Uh, Jordan's got a special story like everyone else, and we're going to talk, talk to him about his special story, something that in the almost 10 years that I've known him, we've never discussed before. Uh, also, we're going to be putting out some segments of, we're putting on a show, kids. Uh, it's about the magic show that me and Mike Norton are in the middle of making. Um, it's going to be on April 1st, so we're going to give you the behind the scenes. That'll be a separate episode. And of course, many episodes will drop every Wednesday, new episodes every Friday. Thanks again for listening to Jack Trades, Character Collector. <laughs>